Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young. I'm your host, Dominic Schleter, and just a few quick notes before we hop right into things. First note, we really appreciate all the support that you guys have expressed and shown throughout the 10-episode series. It truly means the world to see us bring together the running world in a unique way through this series, and we really appreciate all of the support that you guys have shown. Uh, My second note is I would greatly appreciate you guys subscribing to the show, whether you're on Spotify or Apple podcast there should be a follow button and if you've enjoyed any of the episodes in the past or enjoyed today's episode we would greatly appreciate you giving us a five-star review on spotify or apple podcasts doing those things greatly helps the algorithm push us out to new listeners and hopefully through that we can inspire more people in the process my third note is that the call room will always be on the running effect podcast so if you ever want to go back and listen to a specific episode or even the series in its entirety it's always going to be there So you can always go back and listen, which is really, really cool. And yeah, this series has just been the biggest honor and pleasure to partake in. And I really appreciate Lex and Leo for their willingness to do this series. It's been so fun to document this final series with them, final season with them. And I would also like to thank Morton and Roll Recovery, our presenting sponsors of the show, as well as my graphic designer, Xavier Gallo, for making some incredible graphics every week. This series has truly taken a team and it's been so fun to document Lex and Leo's final cross country season in high school. So without further ado, a quick word from our sponsor, Morton, and then we will hop right into today's episode. But guys, greatly appreciate all the support and I hope you enjoy this final ever episode of The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young. Let's get into it. The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young is presented by Morton. Morton is a world-class fueling company that is used by the likes of Iliad Kipchoge, Molly Seidel, Mo Farah, Lex and Leo Young, and is even the official fuel sponsor of the Boston and Berlin Marathons, two of the world majors every single year. And in addition to this, Morton is used by the vast majority of endurance professional athletes due to the fact that Morton has their scientific formula down to a T with their amazing high hydrogel technology. I personally have had the opportunity to try out some of Moritan over the past week, and all I can really say is that this stuff is truly incredible. I was on a long bike ride the other day and popped one of their gels halfway through, and immediately I felt so much better. And in my head, I thought, no wonder so many of these professional athletes are using this product through training and through their races. It was actually used by Iliad Kipchoge the first time he broke two hours in the marathon. That was his fuel of choice as he was running 433 pace for 26.2 miles, which is truly mind-blowing. And as you'll hear throughout this series, Lex and Leo also use their products to stay optimally fueled for their training so that they can race at their highest level. You can click the link in the show notes to any of these episodes to see more about Morton's product. And you can go on their website right now. Uh, you can go Morton.com, which is spelled M. A-U-R-T-E-N.com to see all of their incredible products and listen to the episodes each week to hear about how Lex, Leo, and myself incorporate this incredible product into our training so that we are able and ready to race at our best level. So without further ado, let's get into today's incredible episode. Lex and Leo, welcome back to The Call Room, the final episode of The Call Room. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this all year, all season, and I'm sad to say this is the last episode, but I'm also excited excited to dive deep into the last episode. So for starters, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. We're happy to be here. It's sad, but exciting. We're doing great. Yeah. 
So you guys had NXN last weekend, I guess as a starting question, how is the body feeling after the race? And in terms of training, what has training this week looked like? Have you been able to kind of take a step back and recover or is it back into hard training? Yeah, um, we took we took uh, a day off and then we we got back on it. Not really that intense. We kind of just put down some easy miles, just running, you know, maybe like six, seven, eight miles a day, just kind of just going out there for fun more, more or less, you know, just for, for the fun of running, just getting out some time on feet. But yeah, it's, it's going to start picking up pretty soon. We're going to put down some good workouts and it's, uh, it's looking exciting heading into the winter. Uh, I think the winter break, the winter season is always a good kind of time, kind of like the summer in a way, you know, to like, just really focus up. So I remember you guys telling me at the beginning of the season that the intent was to try and make the world cross country team. Is that still the plan? Are you still planning on going to the U.S. national race and trying to qualify for that or have the plans changed? Yeah, that's the plan. That's I mean, that's why we're trying to pick up the intensity pretty quick and get back on it. It's all with the goal of being ready on January 21st, which is the U-20 championships in Richmond, Virginia. Very exciting. Have you guys ever been to Virginia or is that like a, a first time for you guys? Been to, we've been to Charlottesville, but that's it. Gotcha. Oh, right. We're right for recruiting visits. Um, so in terms of like gearing up for that race, what do you guys anticipate the next month of training will look like? Of course, you're kind of recovering off of NXN, but going into the next month, obviously you're going to want to be in peak fitness for that race. So take us through, of course, you don't know like the specific workouts you'll be doing or whatnot, but a vague understanding of what the next month of training will look like leading into that race. Yeah, um, I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit more volume because now we're going to be training for 8K, not 5K. So our mileage may end up bumping up a little bit, maybe from like uh, 65 where it was to maybe close to 70, uh, just a little bit, but a little bit can go a long ways. Probably be more or less in the workouts where that mileage is coming in. Uh, probably have workout volumes of more like five or six miles instead of like four miles, just so then you can get used to that longer distance, you know, because now all of a sudden, you know, you're out there for 20 something minutes instead of just like 14, 15. Right. So let's talk about the 8K distance. I didn't realize, I mean, it makes sense why it's 8K because it's more of a national meet versus a high school meet. But what is your opinion on moving up in distance? I think that'll be a really cool opportunity for you guys to kind of preview college a few months before. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm personally really looking forward to it. I think that like the 5k is like a super fun distance, but I think that like, I think that we have a lot of strength in like continuously holding a pace. And I think that like, um, the 8k would be, uh, just like a really, really fun challenge. You know, it's obviously what we're going to be running in college for most of the part, for most of the time. And like getting introduced to it early would be, um, is super beneficial. But just the, the distance in general just seems, it seems really fun. I think like the long grind of it sounds interesting. So let's talk about, you know, a recap of NXN and then we'll get into some other subjects as well. I believe I talked to you guys maybe Monday or Tuesday of last week and you guys are feeling good. You're feeling confident going into the meet. So from when I talked to you on Tuesday to maybe Friday night before the race, take us through those a uh, few days of preparation leading into the race, how you guys were feeling, and maybe some events that came with those days. Going into NXN, we were feeling we were feeling good. You know, uh, we had good sleep. You know, nothing was like inherently like uh, going wrong. It was just, um, I think, once we got there, it was, you know, I mean, it's uh, 
it, it was tough because I think the race itself was really just like an example of what of of when things don't go how you plan you know like uh in the race itself i think i think a big thing was the fueling like i think i just i think we didn't quite have uh enough food the night before in the morning of because the hotel food was not as good as we uh were hoping but that, i mean that that's on us i think it, it, it was a tough mission that we were trying to execute on you know i think going into the race we were planning on trying to lead the whole thing and uh throwing some really difficult surges to try and drop everyone but it was i think we underestimated the competition and it proved to be more difficult uh and more tolling to our bodies leading the race uh into the wind than uh than we than we thought going into it yeah let's talk about the race itself and then we can talk about the lessons you learn and some other questions surrounding the weekend in the race leo can you take us through the specific race lex kind of laid out the the game plan the race plan but take us through how you guys were feeling maybe each individual individual like thousand meter mark and ultimately the finish result um well the race uh let's see well, getting just on the line and stuff, getting ready, I felt I was feeling really good. You know, I was looking forward to it. It was cold. It was obviously super windy, but like that wasn't really, I wasn't viewing it as an issue. I was just thinking, let's go out there and let's do this. So the race started off as usual. People go out so incredibly fast. They, they're like out sprinting. But by the time you get to that first um, hard left turn, it's kind of like this off camber turn that gets kind of slippery by the end. But by that point, like people like people were slowing down a lot. Like they, it got real congested. So we kind of shot up to the front right there, and that's when we started to take get to the front of the pack. And then like, we were just kind of cruising with everyone for the first, uh, probably about kilometer or so, feeling really good, working together, hanging out, not really, not not really like necessarily, like, trying to surge away from people, but we were still up there, you know, controlling it. And then it was about through a mile that Lex was like all right, let's put in a surge, let's start making this difficult, let's make people hurt, you know, and um, he started to push really hard, and I was like, oh, I guess I gotta go with him, you know, because we, we like to really work, to, we like to work together, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with him, and we just started pushing it, and the rest of the pack was coming too, but it did help string out the pack itself, and this is the point where you're starting to make your way over to the horseshoes, um, we were still working pretty hard, you know, pushing, pushing the downhills, working surges, and, and like going up around the big horseshoe turn, we, um, we tried to put in another really hard surge, which also helped string out the pack. And like, that was really like the story for the net, for the bulk of the race. Um, like coming, then coming back down and around through the start again, it was about pushing that stretch a lot. And we made, I think we made some pretty good ground. And that was where, and that was where like the whole pack was starting to string out quite a bit more. And that was making, uh, probably making it a tougher race for everyone, which is good. That's what we were, um, trying to do. And then probably, I think that's about, that brings us to about three kilometers in. Um, and then probably, I think pretty close to there was when, uh, you know, it was, we were, we were pushing it hard. And then some people kind of just like let go a little bit. Like I noticed, I think that was when Lex was really starting to feel the repercussions. But I noticed and I looked behind me and like no one was like right next to me. And I was like, oh, well, I can't really live this down. Like I kind of like... I gotta, you know, commit to this. So I just kept going. So I tried to go a little bit faster and I was building a gap. And at that point where you were approaching about four kilometers, I had a pretty good um, size gap on a lot of the pack. And I was sustaining that pretty well through the last kilometer and stuff. But it wasn't really, it wasn't really until you dip down the hill, until you go like downhill coming right into 400 meters to go, or, which is like where those like tabletop hills are, that like my body really started to like shut down, you know? Um, 
it was really just like it was really just like a feeling of like lactic acid overwhelming me where like I was where I was losing significant control over my legs to you know keep them going and that just made it really really difficult to get up the hill and ultimately um a lot of great athletes were able to you know get past me and really finish strong um but yeah I mean I hope that's a no, no, I appreciate it. That was an awesome breakdown of the race. Lex, I'm personally curious from your case, and, and maybe you don't have an answer as to what happened, but when watching the broadcast, it seemed like, you know, you were in it in one moment, and then the next moment you were out of it, like you just fell back immediately. Take us through that moment in the race when you were in contention for the win and for the lead, and then all of a sudden you kind of fell back. Yeah, that was that was really tough. I think it was around 4K, and it it just felt like my body like hit a wall. Like, uh, it was, it was pretty sudden. Like, I think as soon as we started going up that, uh, that tight turn, I started to feel just really, uh, really weak and really just, uh, lactic. Like it was something I haven't felt before in previous races. And that was tough for me because it was like, it felt like my body was like, you know, like giving up on me. And it was at that point I was just like, Oh my God, what is happening? And, I tried to maintain it the best I could, but like, it was really like survival. Like it was, uh, it was, it was really difficult because obviously that was not at all what I wanted going into the race. But at that point it was just like making the most of it and just doing the best I could with given, uh, the conditions. And I think a lot of that was, uh, probably attributed to just, uh, the, part in part the the wind just the way that we, we let it you know i i've done workouts where um tolling in just behind someone and i've done workouts where i've led the whole workout and i think any runner can tell you which one is more difficult but um i think the other part would probably just be uh not eating enough uh prior to the race i i should have consumed more uh i think it was kind of kind of naive just to not have eaten as much as I should have, you know, like I should be able to nail that in at this point. But that's one of those things that you learn, you know, I think uh, from a race where that like that, where it doesn't go your way, you learn a massive amount more than when things do go your way. And that's, that's really valuable, because it's going to allow me to be better in the future, you know, like, these little things that kind of slipped up in this race won't happen again, because I've had this experience and I'm going to be better for it. Right. No, I appreciate you sharing that in your humbleness and the situation. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you going through those individual points and talking about how you've learned from it, kind of diving deeper into that. Looking back on the race weekend as a, or just the race as a whole, this could be from a strategy perspective, things you would have done differently, or you could take the question in another route. What are the biggest lessons you learned overall? Or if you could go back, you know, things you would change. Overall, I think the biggest thing was just how to run a championship style race. I don't think we should have uh, tried to tried to lead it so much. I think we should have tried to just kind of relax and settle in a little bit more and share the pacing duties with some other guys. We should have been more confident in our finishing abilities to yeah. let ourselves do that. And then I think the other stuff would just be really dial in your, uh, your pre-race uh, diet because that can have a big effect and it's, uh, it's not fun when 
you know, you get to 4K and you're just out of gas. <laughs> right. So let's talk about, you know, you two individually didn't have the days you were hoping for. Obviously, it's unfortunate. Um, but as you guys are saying, you've learned valuable lessons that you're going to take with you into the future. On a positive note, on the contrary, your team, Newberry Park, won a national championship, which was so exciting to see. You guys won it last time you were at NXN. The last time NXN was held, you guys won it with your older brother, Nico. So... Take us through that moment of finding out that your team won and how meaningful that was to you, even on a day where individually you didn't necessarily accomplish your goals. Well, I feel like it's that there that makes it still such a special day because, I mean, on its own, it's a race that didn't go your way, but you learned a lot, you know, and that's kind of tough to see the positives. But then when you add in the fact that it was a team victory, suddenly it's this experience where you got to do something so great as a team and then maybe you didn't do what you wanted as an individual but you're learning so much more that you're walking away from the race with really more than you could ever ask for and i think that like finishing the race despite how like drained and everything we were like watching our teammates come in and and walk around us and we were talking to them like we were like we we, we knew that like we won as a team and like that's such an incredible feeling because this is something that you especially like like hardcore focused like you've been working towards that since like june but like at just like but like the culture and stuff that starts so long that starts so far in advance i mean that's something that's been building for years is the culture on a team that can allow it to win and it's like so seeing the culmination of that in one race in one day really in a span of 15 minutes is just awesome you know it's it's really special and i know even though lex and i weren't um we weren't able to be up on the the podium right away for the announcements lex was like dead in the in the medical tent i had just come out because like i was like really nauseous i was actually i mean i was actually vomiting behind the stage which was like the first time i vomited in three and a half years so that i broke my streak um but uh yeah they were they were doing the team announcements as i was trying i was trying to get up on the stage but like i swear if i had 30 more seconds i could have been there but <laughs> i'm in some of the pictures but like I was trying so hard to share that moment up there with them, but like it was, but it was still so cool to see them holding the trophy. And then eventually I got up there and I held it with them. And like, I don't know, that's such a special feeling, you know, winning a team championship with some and something that significant and that special that's so contended for is like, it's, it's a feeling that cannot, that can't be replaced. And it's a feeling that is, it's, it's really special. It's really, really special. Right. So you talked about this, Leo. I really appreciated your, your part of the answer where you talked about, you know, like the, the culmination of work since June. Like you guys set this goal in June and you've worked towards it and strived towards it every single day of the season. And then also like culture isn't created in a few months. Culture is created over a span of a few years. Like your brother Nico and um, Sean Brosnan, the, the former coach at Newbury Park, like those people really help to cement the culture. And then you and Leo and other members on the team kind of help to carry out that culture and continue that culture. So sitting here today in reflection, how cool is it to see that all the systems that you guys have put in place from going to Big Bear in June and all the morning workouts and the sacrifices of not staying up super late and the, the culture that you've created as a team, how cool is it to see all of that hard work pay off for the team? It's great. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's like you can train as hard as you want, but if you don't believe, then you're never going to succeed. And to see those guys really buy into what they're doing and just understand that they're doing the best things they can for their performance and then execute on that on race day, it's it's great because a lot of them have had, uh, you know, a tough road getting to where they are. You know, they've made a lot of sacrifices and we've seen that. And 
it's it's not always easy and it hasn't been easy but seeing them execute so well on such a big stage and coming out with that national title is something that's like it's been in the making for the past four years for these guys and it's it's just like it, it was it was a great experience i mean it's it, it's so fulfilling watching people that you know so close do what they've wanted to do and actually like accomplish their goals so from more of a practical funny standpoint question where does the nxn trophy go like who owns it where is it at the school or does an individual keep it like where does the trophy go well, I, I actually don't think it's arrived yet because they ship it back to us. So I don't think it's um they I don't think it's arrived yet. I think they'll ship it to the school. Um, in the past, I think it was it was at the school for a while, but it wasn't being displayed, which made the team I think really it was angry for like a month, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, but eventually it wasn't. So we took it and then we just kind of like had it. We were switching it about um amongst all the the families of the team. So I think for the past at least six months up until it got delivered back to NXN. We had it like in front of our fireplace, just kind of sitting there. And once we get it, I'm sure we'll just be cycling it throughout the different families. Um, probably more of a priority of this on the seniors since we'll be leaving soon. We'll probably give it to Dave and Arna more in the summer, but yeah, we'll just share it. I mean, I think that's the plan. Awesome. And then also like from a perspective of NXN weekend, I saw a cool video where Galen Rupp was kind of congratulating the team as you guys were announced as winners at the um, ceremony later that evening. So obviously Galen is an individual that's like perhaps the greatest American distance runner of all time. And also you had so many other incredible professional runners there like Abdi Hamid Nur and my close friend Elise Cranny, like so many incredible individuals there that weekend. Um, what was that like being surrounded in an atmosphere of excellence and of people who you guys want to be like one day? Oh, I mean, that is, that's so exciting. I mean, we've, I've looked, I've looked up to Galen, uh, for so long, his, his running and his just like his drive to push the human body to its limits is so incredible and like getting getting to meet him and talk to him for a minute and i even had him i had him sign my team trophy which is pretty awesome and like it was just it was so cool to like meet him in real life and just get a picture with him and then also seeing all the other all the other runners too like and getting to talk to them and take pictures of them like we got to talk to grant fisher um we got to chat with abdi hamid who's really close with nico um we got to uh, meet connor mance uh, one of Nico's long competitors, you know, um, it was just, it's just like, it's just such, such a cool experience, you know, cause it's like, it's these people that like you see on the television and you look up to, but you get to talk to them and like, they're, they're like, it's they're and they're inspiring you to like push harder. Cause like maybe someday you'll be where they are. And that's like, and it's such a, that's such an inspiring feeling. So, you know, of course, this series, I said it like in the first episode and even when we announced it, that this series was meant and put in place to document the ups and downs of an athlete's season. And we definitely see this in this particular example where you guys had very, very big ups like the Clovis Invitational, incredible meet. You had some incredible workouts, but you also had some downs, including this past weekend, where it didn't necessarily go as well as you would have hoped individually. So using this as a chance to reflect as this season really, or as this series kind of does, what are your overall thoughts on the season? Maybe both of you could answer this individually. What are your thoughts on your own individual season and then the team season as a whole? Um. I think my thoughts on my own individual season are, well, I think that like 
it was really it was really formative for me, I think, as becoming a better runner. Um, it didn't necessarily yield all of the individual results that I wanted, but I think that the training, um, the work I put in, and just like the general like race awareness that I worked on and developed throughout the season was incredibly important. And honestly, it's not done yet. We still have the U20 championships right. across country. Um, that's going to be, I think, kind of like the cherry on top. And if we do well there, maybe we'll be on to world championships for um, juniors in Australia in, uh, what is that, February? So, like, yeah, individually, it's it's awesome. It's gonna And it's only going to get better. Um, it's We'll have a little cherry on top later. As, as a team, it was probably the best way we could have capped off um, – you know the the dynasty of Newbury Park, without without Sean there every day, without without having Sean there as the coach, you know, it's like, it's a lot it's a lot different. But I think that like the fact that we are still able to achieve stuff is kind of a testament to everything that was that he set up there. You know, the culture and like, the attitude and all of that. I mean, of course, Antonio played such a crucial role in securing that. But like, it really it, it couldn't have it, I couldn't have asked for anything more as a team season. Lex, what about you? Yeah. I think individually it wasn't everything, but still it was phenomenal. I mean, I think going into the season, one of my biggest goals uh, was to secure an individual win. And that happened at the California State Meet, which was really just surreal. I mean, there's a quote in F1 and it's just like, I I can't say it word for word, but basically it's like there's a big difference between thinking you can do do something and knowing you can do something, you know, like going into that like just thinking you can like you have that belief but like after that actually knowing you can knowing you can secure that win adds a whole lot of confidence going into future races you know so i know that i'm going to be a lot uh more knowledgeable in a race because of that and then also you know nxn obviously i learned a lot from so i think i think i've learned a lot from this season racing as an individual uh and team wise i've been so proud i mean it's just like it's just like it, like Leo said it's like more than we could have asked for team wise it it was phenomenal really i mean it's it's been such a great run every single race these guys executed you know they they it wasn't always easy not every race was uh all sunshine and rainbows but like ultimately we were always able to come across with that team win and nationals was just that cherry on top and it was yeah it was great i had i had joy and just fun in every single moment so we're going to go into some listener questions to top off today's episode and top off the series. We'll start out with some ones that kind of relate to the subjects we've been talking about. So one of the questions that was submitted or was, what moments this season changed you for the better? Uh, for me, Lex, definitely hitting that wall at 4K and at NXN. Uh, that was something I never felt before, like I mentioned. And it's uh, definitely something that I'm going to be a lot more aware of in the future and it's yeah that that changed me a lot you know i know i know so much more about my body how it reacts and it's gonna be it's gonna be different in future races what about you leo um i think that like ooh, that's a tough one what moment changed me and it's kind of a deep question yeah i mean I don't know if I can pick out a specific moment, but I think it comes down to like, I think it comes down to like the 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 repetition of the specific moments in practice, where we didn't have you know Sean at a workout like we were used to, 
we had we had we have, we have our um our new coach Tanya you know she does a great job but we were able we had to you know adjust to the change and we had to kind of like you know say all right let's go do this and we had to commit to the workout and make it happen and I think that like a specific moment like that having to really be kind of it was a big example of like intrinsic motivation where it was only us telling ourselves that we had to do this you know what I mean like we had to hold ourselves accountable and doing that is was super important and like forming a mindset where like I'm confident that like I can do what I put my mind to even without someone yelling at me to do it (laughs) right uh another question relating to this season the question is what are you most grateful for this season Ooh, I'm most grateful for my health and the health of all my teammates um if there's one thing that I've come to realize in running you know it's that like your health is not something to be taken for granted I've lost so much running to, you know, like either sickness or injury. And it's just, it's not pleasant at all. If you're, if you can't run for something for some silly reason and it just like, it just sucks, you know, because you want to run, you want to work hard, but you can't because it's only going to make you feel worse. And like being able to run healthy throughout probably 99% of the season is just, it's something that is like, it's so special and it's, you can, you could literally you could never get, I could never get sick of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Lex, maybe uh, your turn to answer this one. What are your favorite and least favorite parts about being a twin? Favorite part is definitely the fact that, you know, you always have uh, just a friend and someone to talk to. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I know that's said a lot, but like, seriously, it's really nice to always have someone that close to you that you can trust and, uh, and talk to. But um, least favorite part, probably just like, having to share so much stuff with them, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's also, it's also good and bad, you know, but it's be like both your favorite and least favorite part. Of yeah. <laughs> it's really just a positive experience. I'm so happy to be a twin. Simeon Birnbaum, a fellow competitor, a uh, fellow friend of the podcast. He said two mile national record attempt at Arcadia question mark. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if, if Arcadia is on the schedule, that would definitely be what we're going for. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'd be so down for that. In terms of, not to get too ahead of ourselves because the season isn't even over and who knows if you do qualify for the World Cross Country Championships, you guys will be on a whole different continent in the month of February, which is pretty late. But like from a vague perspective, thinking ahead to track without thinking ahead too far, what are some things you want to accomplish on the track? Well, I mean, especially for me, like I'm, I'm kind of coming to this track season with vengeance and vengeance not towards anyone but myself. You know, last year, I I started the track season injured and I finished it sick. So I couldn't get even half the season I wanted. I really, I really looking back on it, only had like two real races. Um, and this year, my, my whole goal is just like put health first in front of everything, work hard to stay healthy. And then after that, just like push my body to the brink of extinction. <laughs> I want to get on that track and just like, and just go after and get so comfortable in a mindset of pain that like if I'm fit to do something, there will not be any barrier from me doing it. You know, that's really what it's about for me this track season. Oh, I love that. Lex, maybe you could answer this first and then Leo. Uh, The person asked, what's the number one thing on your Christmas list? Ooh, I think for me, it's, uh, I I think my biggest thing is I'm asking for a a Patagonia uh, 
It's like one of the worn wear ones, like one of those refurbished ones, but like a Patagonia down jacket, but it's like an older style. So instead of being a zip, it's like got buttons and it's got like two pockets, one on each uh, chest, but it looks pretty sick. Uh, yeah, that's got to be the, that's the top gift. That's pretty much the gift, but it looks, <laughs> it looks really cool. So. For me, it's eerily similar. I also, he copied put, me. I also put a Pat Patagonia down jacket on my Christmas list. Um, I just I just need a proper down jacket to to have for traveling and stuff. And the funny thing is, I copied Lex and put one on it. And then my girlfriend also copied me and put a down jacket on her. It's Christmas all me. List. It all comes back. It to all me. comes down to everyone copying Lex. We all want Patagonia down jackets. The whole crew's gonna be rocking them. Hey, now I know what to ask my parents this year for Christmas. Appreciate the inspiration, Lex. Another question yeah. uh, that was asked. I, I'm I'm forgetting it because I didn't write down the question with the other ones. But I think the person asked. Like, what was the most meaningful Christmas present you ever received in the sense of, like, what Christmas present as a kid did you get that you were, like, overjoyed at? Like, you see those videos on, like, Instagram reels or just, like, the internet where people, like, cry when they open up gifts, like a four-year-old. Did you ever have a moment like that growing up during Christmas morning? Oh, that's an easy one. I think that it would probably be, I think, I think 2010 is probably the year when I was in kindergarten. But um, I asked for the latest Lego City Police station and like as a little kid like i wanted that thing so bad like i remember one time as a kid like waking up in the middle of the night and seriously like i hallucinated and thought i saw that thing on the edge of my bed <laughs> i tried to grab it and then it disappeared like i and then i think i think i did end up getting that thing christmas morning i built it immediately and i loved it i loved it i was so obsessed with legos and i loved the lego police and like that lego police station like made my world man that is awesome lex what about you mm, i think I think the biggest thing probably would be, uh, I think it was like fifth or sixth grade, and I, I got um, a surfboard. That was so sick because I, I, I was one-on-one -on -one for so long, and I finally got it, and that's what like really allowed me to get into like surfing and go going, uh, you know, in the waves more, and that was that was great. That was such a fun gift because I used it so much. I ended up breaking that board, and, that, and then I ended up having to buy another one, but that was after like a year, so it got a lot of good use. Another question we got was sushi or chicken tenders? Oh, uh, I would say sushi. Chicken tenders are good, but like I feel like it's not on the same tier. As like right. Sushi. It's not like a whole meal. You can make a meal out of sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Like not even like hot chicken. Like it's just chicken tenders. Like sushi is so much better. Okay. So in relation to sushi, this is me going off of the person's question. It wasn't actually the person's question. But uh, what are like the, the go-to ingredients within sushi? Is there like a favorite role you guys have? Salmon. It's got, I think salmon is uh, a key thing. Like salmon is great. Uh, and avocado. Like I love a California roll. I know I'm from California, but like the California rolls are so good. Uh, I'm not even sure if that one has salmon in it, but like those are great. And then like anything with salmon on it is just like awesome. Honestly, I like just to keep it as simple as possible. If I could have it my way, I would be eating an unseasoned block of tuna. But um, <laughs> yeah, raw, of course. But like, yeah, I just like it simple. So another another fun question was, uh, what is your least favorite twin question to be asked? Oh my God. Um, I feel like there's so many like, God. Uh, what's a good one, Lex? What do you think? Uh, probably if whether or not we have like, uh, was it like telepathic powers? People actually like, ask that seriously? So many times. I mean, I don't know if they're serious, but like if I said yes, they definitely would be, uh, they definitely overjoyed. would not. 
they definitely would not ins- they would not they would not like disprove it they wouldn't be like oh that's a lie they would be like really like they would definitely like want to think that's true okay speaking of um california being from california how do you guys like the snow was a question that was asked oh my god i love the snow i wish i could be there more like in uh at nxn portland like when we were leaving that day it started to snow a little bit and like I remember, like, like the thing, well, the way NXN works is like you have you have like your athlete bracelet that like lets you get in everywhere, and you're not really supposed to leave the hotel without permission. But like, I, w- I went to the door and asked the lady, I was like, "I'm from California, I never get to see snow. Can I go outside and look at it for a minute?" And she's like, "Sure, why not?" So I was out there and I was just like looking at the snow fall down on me, and it was like it was so cool because like we don't get to see that, we don't get to experience that often. The last time I saw it was probably last winter in New York, but like, and then the whole team came out too, and we were just kind of enjoying the snow. Um, it's so much fun. I mean, I love to ski too. I, I rarely get to. I don't think I've gotten to since I really got into high school, but like, man, snow is just such a cool thing. Another fun question that was asked. The question is, what do you guys like to eat when watching a movie? Uh, well, I mean, popcorn, of course, is awesome. But if I'm feeling a little bit lazier and I don't want to go and make a whole batch of popcorn, maybe just like uh, a, light, a nice bowl of ice cream. Not like massive, but like just, you know, something nice with a little bit of maple syrup on top. Or if I'm feeling a little healthier, maybe just like toast some Dave's bread and put like some uh, some butter and then like some cinnamon and like a little dash of sugar. But I completely agree. Yeah. Except aside from the Dave's bread. <laughs> what bread do you use? Dave's bread. No, no, no. Leo said aside from the Dave's bread, unless uh, I heard him wrong. I, I just won't be eating toast as I watch a movie. Okay, fair. Susie's uh, so don't like that. Yeah. Okay, final question. The question is, what would your dream place to race be? I think it'd be really cool to race in Hawaii. Ooh, that would yeah. be cool. Track or cross country or both? Uh, probably cross country. I think a cross country course in Hawaii would be sick. No, I think it means like, what do you like better? Well, uh, no, well, no, either one. Like, would you prefer if you had, if you had the opportunity to have like a really cool cross country race in Hawaii or a really cool track race in Hawaii? Which one would you rather have? Oh, I would say track, and I'd say. Make that thing like a, an infinity pool up against the water. Did you guys see, you know? it was, I think last month, Michigan State played Gonzaga on an aircraft carrier. Imagine if we put a track, if an aircraft carrier is big enough, I have no clue how big they are. If we got to have like a track, or if it isn't big enough, do like a 300 or 200 meter track, a track race on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the sea. I would pay money to watch that. I would pay money to compete in that. That would be awesome. Ta- yeah. Talk about like we were talking about windy NXN. That would that would probably be uh, very windy, but also like so entertaining. Oh, yeah. I know. That would be so cool. That would make. I mean, but I feel like an aircraft carrier, they could probably put like just glass around the edge and block all the wind. Like they got crazy stuff on those things. Right. True. True. Their their budget's big. Uh, I guess that would probably make for like the coolest LNL vlog of all time. We raced a race in the middle of the sea on an aircraft carrier. Boom. Million subscribers right there. Yeah. Maybe we could contact Mr. Beast. Yeah, there you go. Collab of the century. Well, Lex and Leo, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this series with you guys. It's sad to see it come to an end, but I can promise all of our listeners that they will be back on the podcast in the future. This is not this is not the end of them coming on the podcast, just the end of the series. Lex and Leo, it's been an absolute honor and privilege to document your your season and your year with you guys throughout each episode, each of these 10 episodes. It's been so fun going through your training, your racing, black coffee talk, food talk, 
aircraft carrier talk like all across the board this was i expected this series to be fun but it way outlasted my expectations so i greatly appreciate you guys doing this episode but also the series as a whole and uh, of course i can't wait to see all the incredible things you guys do in the future of course thank you for i mean th thanks for putting this together you probably you make the interviews fun you keep it you keep it light you keep it interesting and really it's just like it's quite the artistic creation the way you do it so thanks for making it happen yes thank you dominic it's always been such a joy being on these podcasts and i hope the viewers have enjoyed listening to them because i sure have had a blast being a part of it and the more they enjoy it the more we have a reason to make more <laughs> exactly exactly okay guys i will catch you all you know in a future episode who knows when that happens but until then uh you guys want to sign off for one for one time sure Thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a great one. The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young is also presented by Roll Recovery. Roll Recovery is a company that is designed by runners for runners. They've created state-of-the-art products that not only help runners stay healthy, but also keep their body primed and ready to go for training. Their mission is to create thoughtfully designed products to keep your body moving. Roar Recovery is used by many of the world's top runners, including world champion Emma Coburn, U.S. 10K champion Joe Klecker, world championship medalist Emily Infield, and numerous other top athletes. I'm sure you guys have all seen um, one of your favorite runners using Roar Recovery's products because they are really just that good that the top athletes want to use these products for their recovery routines. Lex, Leo, and myself have all gotten the opportunity to try out some of their products and have found immense value from using using them in our routines. These products are truly incredible. They have the R3, which is a foot roller, foot massager, orthopedic foot roller. They have the R8, which is really state-of-the-art. Um, I've never seen anything like it. It is so incredible. They also have the R1, which is a massage gun. I've tried out numerous massage guns in the past few years, and this is by far my favorite. Uh, you can go to their website and check out their whole list of products, but let me just say, every single one is thoughtfully designed and definitely has a place in your recovery and warm-up routine. You can go to the link in my show notes of any episode to find out more about these products, and you can also follow them on Instagram, Roll Recovery, or go to their website, rollrecovery.com, to stay up to date on all their incredible products and projects that they have going on. So make sure to check that out. Okay, let's get back into today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. We would greatly appreciate it if you like, subscribe, share the show with your friends, and even gave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed today's episode. You can also support the sponsors who bring us today's show, Morton and Roll Recovery, which are two critically important brands within the running community and can definitely help you guys achieve and reach your goals that you've set for yourself. You guys can scroll down to the show notes of every episode to find their unique links and check out their incredible products. So until next episode, we will catch you then. I hope your running is going well. So until then, peace out. Peace out.